You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. guess what? I've got a new book coming out. It's called The Goddess Discovered, Exploring the Divine Feminine Around the World. And it is coming out on December 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. This book has over 500 deities in it. Part one of the book will take you into the ancient world where you will learn about ancient religions that you may have practiced during your past lives and you'll explore goddesses from the ancient Celts, the Norse, the Egyptians, the Greeks and Romans, and more. And then in part two, we will explore living religions, current modern religions, and the deities worshipped by people during our own modern times. In part three, you'll have a chance to take some past life regressions and even genealogical regressions to connect with the places where your ancestors may have worshipped these deities in the past. Pre-order The Goddess Discovered and you'll receive a free gift, a guided journey from me through my healing arts platform. I hope that this one will be a book that you will have on your shelf for years to come. And I cannot thank you enough for your support of this book. I'll have lots of events coming up. But meanwhile, you can pre-order The Goddess Discovered. And I thank you so much for your support. Namaste. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. Hey, dear ones. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. You know, I have favorites in my life, as I know you do. And guess what? One of my favorites is here. One of my favorite people, Jenna Matlin. Kids, she is the real deal. I know a lot of you want to get readings. She is an incredible intuitive who I highly recommend. And I do not recommend very many people. Jenna. And also, she is the award-winning author of a fabulous book called Will You Give Me a Reading? So you could learn how to do readings from Jenna. But if you need a reading, I do highly recommend this fabulous person. She is a favorite. And it is so great to be with you today, Jenna. Welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you. And thank you for such a kind introduction. Oh my gosh, my heart is just 
like just glowing of, of like, oh, sweetness. Thank you. <laughs> You're my favorite too. Wonderful spending time with you um, at INATS this yeah, we um, got to spend some time in Denver recently, and it was a ton of fun. And so, you know, you really do have an amazing intuitive gift that I have personally experienced. That's why I can fully endorse you. And I was wondering, though, I think people find it really interesting, as I do. Mm-hmm. How did you get into your work? Is this something that you discovered in childhood? You had this talent. So any of that that you could share with us, I think people find as I do, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a common uh, question that, you know, I hear is like, when, when did you find out that you had these gifts? But the more accurate answer is, when did I realize that other people didn't? Um, because it was innate to me. Um, um, just as a kid, um, really I think a lot of kids right like young children they're often very sensitive and then it gets trained out of them um and I it never got trained out of me um but I had a natural gravitation to all things psychic all things divination from a very very young age and no one else in my family is like this this is basically come out of nowhere um And I had a friend's mother who taught me how to read palms at, how old was I? I was in sixth grade, so 11, 12. And I just took that and ran with it. Um, And I would be reading people's palms. And, you know, always when you do a really big hit, you know, and they go, oh my God, like, where did you see that in my palm? Where did you see that? And I couldn't explain it because those hits were kind of between the lines if that makes any sense, like, and I do that with cards too. It's like some, it's in there, but it's between those things. Um, So from there, I was known in junior high and elementary as like the weird kid that would read your palms at a party and that kind of stuff. Um, And then it was um, the day that OJ Simpson uh, ran it in his white Bronco was the day I got my first tarot card deck. Um, and then six months later, I was reading at a Halloween party for my, my neighbors and, um, I was hooked. Um, and so I think where I'm unique is that I didn't have to come back to this when I was older. Like a lot of people do, you know, like they'll kind of shut it down and then they come back to it. Um, and then there's a lot of like self monitoring or like insecurity, but I was so young and clueless that I could just like, just spit it out and then get to see what felt like a hit or not, if that makes sense. Like, so there's a muscle memory for it. Um, and yeah, so I was reading out of a new age bookstore. Well, it was actually their broom closet. They didn't have any other readers. And I talked them into uh, letting me <laughs> read there. Um, and, uh, but I quit not too long after just because I didn't have the emotional maturity at, to, to be able to hold space well enough, you know, because it's more than just delivering the messages in it. It's, it's how we deliver it and how to hold space for them as they as they hear the message. So um, clairvoyance has always been very strong within me. Um, not that I like to separate out the clairs necessarily. I think that that is a, that is a muggle's way of explaining what is going on because what's 
on is extrasensory. Therefore, we should not be using our other senses as the, the platform for explaining it because then people, we can get like pigeonholed um, because I find that whatever I start to lean into and start to work, that does get stronger. And if I'm too quick to kind of label myself, that's actually kind of in it. Um, so, but clairvoyance in the sense that I always could read people very well. Uh, and by reading, I would just get a sense of them, like who they were on a deeper level that wasn't obvious. Um, and, or things would come up around them that I would see. Um, so that's kind of how it started. A lifelong gift. Or, or curse, depending on how you want to look at it, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like, I don't want to know, you know, <laughs> yeah, you met, you brought up a really good point earlier about, there are a lot of people who have, um, intuitive abilities and then they say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And then they'll just completely get out of it for a period. So you yeah. have not done that. So I think that's, that's quite a testament to you actually. Oh, thanks. So do you believe like your book is excellent? And of course it is an award winner, highly recommended. See the links below kids for this. You know, you, you're instructing the reader in how to do readings and some of the clues. Do you think that this is something that every single person could do? Or do you think those who are gravitated to this kind of thing at a soul level, something's calling them. So there must be something to that. And then those people could then develop some skills and become, you know, competent, let's say readers. I think be for anyone, even people that are like really not psychic at all, because tarot is its own thing. Um, but um, I do think that people that are often naturally gravitate towards this stuff, it's often because they do have a latent talent in the same way you know, kid, a kid who's got musical talent will make, find a way to make music, you know, whether it is drum on a, you know, on an old paint bucket that we naturally go towards that, which does resonate with our gifts, but I don't think you need to be psychic to read tarot. And a lot of tarot readers, I would say a good majority of them are not what I would label psychic in a classical or traditional sense. Um, but I also think though that there has been a bit of a, um, like misinformation, there's a lot of misinformation about what it feels like and what it looks like, which is why I wrote that, like the third chapter in the book, which is like, yes, you're psychic because a lot of the stuff that you may Google to me, doesn't make any sense. For example, oh, you need to meditate more. N no, you don't. Or, or you need to be like this super vegan like, like in meditation an hour a day and no, you don't. Some of the best I've seen took a shot of whiskey about me, you know, that it's not tied to, to like who we are as people. And it's not necessarily tied to our spiritual lives in some ways it can be. And I think it, it gets, it, 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 um, it knits very synergistically, but I've just seen so many like exceptions to the rules that I was like, are these rules actually real? You know, I don't think so because I would not say sit and meditate. I would say, actually, what you need to do is take an improv class. It's what's going to make you a better psychic.
because it trains your brain to trust and grab the first thing that comes because psychic ability is fast, 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 faster than your cognition. And everything relies on you seeing it and grabbing it and like getting it out without that tsunami wave of your insecurities, your logic, your, well, that doesn't make sense, you know, and then you shut it down. And then later you go, I was right. I mean, we all have that, right? Yes. So to me, those things that allow us to grab that first and run with it, um, it is really lending a powerful tool to those innate intuitive gifts. It is such an interesting piece of advice. And it is, you're right. I think an improv class would be amazing because I think it's so easy. Everybody does this. We have an idea, a thought is crossing our mind. And now we're going, wow, that was weird. We don't do anything about it. We ignore it completely. But in what you're saying is, yeah, why not just grab on and see where this takes us, you know, and without editing. I mean, yeah, yeah. And and it's hard. Even I do that. Like, and I'll, I'll be, I'll kick myself, you know, especially when I do mediumship and I'm, they're giving me something and I'm like, what, what, what is that? Like, that's dumb, you know? And I'll like push it aside and then something will come up in the session where I was like, that was actually right, but it made no sense to me or it was a silly thing. And so I discounted it. And so as adults, we've been so trained for evidence like logic that if something isn't immediately understandable, we reject it. And that's just not how this stuff works, does it? It's like, it's like, yeah, it just doesn't work that way. It's its, it's own system. Um, and I think maybe that's why children are so naturally good at it because they don't have that self-monitoring like part of their brain online yet. It's more loose. Um, so yeah, say, find a way to get it out of your mouth. Like, just get it out, just get it out, just get it out. Like, and that's what I teach my students all the time. Yeah, this is so similar to um, how I would counsel somebody to, who wanted to have a past life regression. You know, mm-hmm. we are having a conversation and I'm asking you a question and now some weird thought is coming to you that you have never thought about before. Mm-hmm. And you're right, like getting it from the brain to the mind's eye to the mouth and just, yes, let's express it. Let's just get it out because that's going to open the door to getting into past lives or all of these other mystical experiences that people have. And it is, it's very, um, I think you bring up another good point about children. Mm-hmm. When we're kids, we play, you know, we do make believe and we mm-hmm. explore without editing. And we've been trained as adults, I think, to really shut that down. And so yeah. I think I think now people feel like they're getting more open to these kinds of things. Do you think mm-hmm. so? Like they're more open to getting a reading or things than that maybe oh. they used to be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I went full time 2012, right? So we are far more accepting of this kind of stuff than I thought we would be by now. Um, And especially the younger generations where there's no shame in getting a tarot reading or astrology or any of that stuff. And the ability to hold the contradictory spaces of logic and science and all of that. And then all these other things that cannot really be provable. 
though psychic phenomena is and has been and has long been provable um they but when you if you as a scientist say i'm going to research psychic phenomena good kiss your career goodbye so there is scientific bias that gets in the way of us really understanding what's happening here um and that's unfortunate i'm hoping that that's the next step here um but yeah no just how open and how um how people are more likely to um uh enjoy the the complicated dance between fate and free will <laughs> you know of like what is fated what is within my power and maybe a reading isn't telling me when i'm going to die or how many kids i'm going to have or you know my husband's name or whatever but there's a dance of co-creation with the universe where I give a little, the universe gives a little, it's kind of this thing that we do. Um, and I love seeing that because I think that's really honest. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, I think what you're saying is you could tell people what's coming to you out of your mouth. And yet at the end of the day, they need to then take that information and go out and take an actual tangible action and move towards that thing in order to manifest whatever it is they're <laughs> manifesting. Yeah. Or maybe too, though, like so many of my readings are essentially repeats of a theme, which are thus, I don't want to have to do X so please tell me I don't have to do X. And if I have to do X, I need the bullet, like bullet point line item of what X is. So I don't ever have to suffer a moment of ambiguity or liminal or anything that makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm no longer in control. That is every single reason I do on some level um, in many different ways. Uh, so... Yeah. Um, sometimes it's about, I need to manifest. Sometimes it's stop trying to control all of this. Like, can you take a step back and listen and see what comes to you? And I, I tell, I tell my students, I'm like, tarot is not analog Google. It's not, it's not. And how dare you expect the gods to get to you that way? Who do you think you are? You know, in classical Greece, you would have to climb a mountain. She'd give you a riddle and you'd be so grateful knowing that it's going to take you probably half a year to solve this riddle. The riddle is made specifically hard because the time that it takes you to unwrap it means that that information hits exactly when all these other things align to make it happen. And they're grateful for that. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, Oracle. And here they're like, so is it going to be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Is it going to be at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock? And I'm like, how do we come at this grace with a little more graciousness, gratitude, being humble and understanding that the gods do not speak in the language that we speak. And if we get even a shred of anything, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, and that's how I look at it, you know, like really coming at it in a way that's about relation, being in right, right relationship with the universe, with the divine. Yeah, I hear you. That, that is a good point. 
here's something you mentioned earlier and I now want to ask more about. So you mentioned the dance between free will and fate. How, what are your thoughts on that? Do we have certain things that we're meant to do that we decided on before we arrive and then we still have free will mixed in there? And how do you think all that works in your opinion? So, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna place this caveat, which is my opinion of this based on just like the aggregate of thousands, thousands of readings, you know, like conceptually, um, I do think definitely we make agreements before we come down. And one of the cool, like one of like a really cool example of that is in a reading with somebody, like, especially like a, a younger woman, maybe she wants kids or whatever. I can tell in the reading if the soul has chosen her already. It's mm. so cool to see it. It's so cool. It's not always. And that doesn't mean that there isn't, it's just not coming to me. But when the soul has chosen the mom, like, and, and they're close, there's a feeling of their close. It's very visceral in the reading, very visceral. Um, that's one of the loudest ones, but on the same token, say that that person decides not to have children. I can't, I don't think that they get punished for that. The soul goes, all right, let me just see who else, who else do we have on tap? Like, you know, it, it's loosey goosey. I find personally, um, because I do see clients that are like, I didn't do what the reading said I should do or the advice. So am I being punished now because of that? I'm like, oh no, no, not, not from the God. No, maybe you punish yourself because the advice is about your own evolution, but the, the universe is not punishing you because you don't listen to them. Like, that's not, that's not how I see any of this working at all. You know? Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I do see that. Like, I don't, I have delved into past life stuff or like connected friends, like, oh my God. Yeah. There's like this, you guys have been doing this for a while, but most people don't come to me about that. So I don't always get to dive into that as much as I would like. Yeah. Um, it's just things that are on my mind, you know, as I take this long journey, I had had a, a reading many years ago in India mm -hmm. and I didn't know I was actually going to bring this up again, but um, I went to India and I put my thumbprints on a pad of paper and they basically gave me a reading in which they named my father and they told me many specific things about myself that really completely creeped me out because I was a believer that I just need to be a positive person and decide the positive outcomes I want and just start moving towards them. And I wasn't at that point fully aligned with the idea that we really did plan some stuff out before we got here, even though I believe in past lives. So of course I believe that, you know, we have friends that we've known before, such as you and I may have known each other or our family certainly are people that mm -hmm. we have encountered before, but I hadn't quite, again, you mentioned another thing earlier that I really liked was about, you know, when you're younger and you just don't have the experience in life and you don't have the emotional maturity. I just thought I could just go out and just make stuff happen. And so this reading really kind of knocked me loose for several years as I tried to kind of piece together some kind of peace uh, within myself about, like you said, the divine mixture of I've got some places to be. And yet within those places, I certainly have free will as well. So I started thinking about it maybe maybe like a map 
like back in the days when we used to have a big, which I used to have a big roadmap and I'd put it in my car and I'd drive across the country. So maybe I know what city I'm going to land in, but across, along the way, maybe there's some surprises along the way that I didn't expect, but there's certain outcomes and, you know, places that were meant to be. And so some meditation experiences, long story short, kind of brought me to more peace about this. But when you brought it up, I just couldn't help but um, mm. ask because I think everybody probably does question these things in the deeper parts of the or the quiet parts of their mind. Like, mm. you know, how is all this actually working? I don't know that we're going to know for sure until we get out of here, but it, <laughs> it's a really interesting thing to bring up. And I would think, you know, for readers, I think a lot of people want to know, what should I do? What should I do? Tell me the future. Mm -hmm. Tell me who my mm -hmm. dream man is or whatever. And, you know, like you said, there's, there's multiple possibilities there that have to do with choice and free will. And that's a, is a very delicate and divine dance, I would think. So anyway, I was just curious about your thoughts about it. <laughs> I could talk about this all day. Like, I love it so much. You know, I, it's, I think it's utterly complex and I, I think it's, it's kinder than a lot of us may have been led to believe about it. And it's more, uh, redemptive and creative, you know, um, because I do see that like, oh my God, I thought this person was my soulmate. And then we broke up. Does that mean I'll never know love again? Right? Like if that was my one person and I'm just like, if we look at the universe, the planet, <laughs> everything is regenerative and plans can change. Like the universe has got like an eraser and they go, okay, maybe that didn't work. All right, let's do this. And I, and I kind of see each lifetime as like, like, I, I don't believe that as souls, we're human. Like we're not, I don't believe that we're, we're something else. And a lifetime is like getting on a crazy roller coaster and like you're on it and you're like, ah, you know, and then you get off it. You're like, okay, do you want to do that again? <laughs> you know, let's, this time let's put our hands up. So it can be like that, which is just this wondrous and insane experience we put ourselves through that can, can be kind and, and joyous and redemptive. And if we didn't like check off like the thing, well, the universe is infinitely patient and ever expanding at this point. So you can do it again. You know, it, there's no like, oh, well, you missed that. So you're, you're out of luck. I don't believe that either. No, I don't believe that at all. You know, we've got so many soulmates, so many possibilities, and, and you really are exactly right. I mean, we are all very, very hard on ourselves. Yeah. And that is just so, um, it's just so defeating. We should think about you know, how great we are and how unique everybody is. Everybody out there is so unique and has a purpose and a reason for mm -hmm. being. And if this one didn't work out, guess what? There's one coming down the road that will work better at that point in time. So I completely mm -hmm. agree with what you're saying. A little grace for ourselves, maybe yeah. once in a while. And I think for, for those of us who are raised with a, like a Judeo-Christian background, you know, we, we were trained to see div the divine in a maybe a more punitive or authoritarian way, which is like, if you don't follow these commandments, or if you don't like follow these rules, then you're going to go sit in a lake of fire forever. You know, you're just like, oh my God, it's so harsh, you know? And I, I just don't see that. I just don't see it. I never see that in any of my readings or my mediumship. And it doesn't, it doesn't. Thank God. 
you know, like, mm, but I do think we have karma. Like, I definitely think that there's cause and effect and consciousness. And so I think we can move up and down on that, but I think that's the effect of kind of the system rather than like this personalized, uh, personal Jesus of like, you're good, you're in, you're bad, you're not. And that's it. Like, I I just don't see it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. This is a vast universe and, um, you know, it's filled with love. If we look for love. It is, it really is. And I don't even say universe is (laughs) like, it's like, it's just so big and wondrous, honestly. Absolutely. So if someone out there was really wanting to develop their intuitive skills, they need to read your book. Um, but can you give them also, <laughs> please, I recommend it. Oh, they won awards. Um, what would you tell them as a first step, let's just say, or, or what advice would you give them? If someone was wanting to build their intuition, you said? Yeah, really build their intuition and really start tuning in more so that they could do readings even for themselves. or. Mm. um so whatever whatever the medium is if you want to use a tool don't want to use a tool however you want to kind of come come to this um it's a numbers game and you can't treat your reading so preciously like I'm going to open this key and it's like going to be five hours to it's really like do a, a million readings and throw them all away like you know, anything on the news, anything you hear about, anything about whatever is happening, anything you're curious about. Um, We really want to get to about 500 readings and just getting to there, you're already going to feel what it feels like. And then you go, oh, wait, it feels like this versus it feels like that. That would be the first thing. And the second thing as they're doing that, and this is really so important is don't confuse. Like, like, like sometimes I'm like, are you an empath or are you codependent? Because I see people confusing the two in terms of their experience of intuitive phenomena all the time. And you have to be able to separate that. Can you define those for us as you see it? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, Somewhere on some social media, a reader was talking about how a client sat down and the client was in a real um, desperate place and was like really uh, emotional. And the reader said, "Um, I just like, I couldn't handle her energy. It was just making me so emotional. I just couldn't handle it that's codependence, not empathy. Empathy, there's some spaciousness around it. But if you can't hold space for other people's feelings, that's often codependence because it's like, you're making me uncomfortable and I don't like that. So I'm going to control things so that you don't have those feelings. So then I'm not being challenged by them. That's, that's one of the hallmark ways I see codependence in ways that are very covert or even very nice, right? I'm going to people please because you're upset and I don't want you to be upset anymore. So I'm just going to give you what it is that you need. That's codependence. 
because there's no conversations that are happening with it. So for me as a clairvoyant, when I get intuitive hits, it is information first. It's never emotions first. Mm. So I will get a name or a video feed kind of, or uh, a smell or a vision. And then I, or a knowing, and I'll go, wait a minute, Timmy's in the well, right? Then you have that emotional response. But if you can't sense the, the entanglement of your discomfort with somebody else's emotional response, you may ascribe, well, yeah, that's mirror neurons. Like a lot of people can do that. Um, but psychic is information you could not have possibly known otherwise. That's what it is, right? Extrasensory that you have data or information that there was no way you could have surmised how you got there. So a lot of times people as empaths, the difference is that they're going to get information on some kind of, maybe some kind of emotional carrier signal, but they could have never surmised it any other way. Like it is so below what's happening. That's how I see the difference. Wow. That's a great point. The other point you make that's so good is if you do 500 readings, like you said, you start to say, wait a minute, when I'm getting proper information that's been validated, these things are happening, or this is how I'm feeling, or this is the environment versus here's a bunch that did not turn out very optimally. So let's study those and see what's the difference. You start to practice and understand when the real things are coming through and get better and better and better over time. That's a good point. Yeah. And the thing, and I put this in the book is that to be an ethical psychic reader of any stripe, it is incumbent upon you to do enough self kind of knowing or self-monitoring to know when it's an actual psychic hit um, coming through versus your bias versus your trigger versus your opinion. And I see a lot of readers confusing all of those. So there's a lot of like mental discipline that comes with it. And it's really just like keeping the room empty for what needs to come through. We can't put all of our stuff in the room. And when it happens, it's okay. Just be honest with yourself and really like work through that, you know? Right, right. Just becoming self-aware and bringing it through in the clearest way possible. Yeah, really to try to step out of the way. And that's hard. That's so hard. But that is how we get the sense of this is different, you know? And Absolutely. if we can't tell the difference, then how do we know? Right. So friends, we're talking right now, believe it or not, to a very talented psychic, the real deal. As I mentioned at the beginning of this program, if you need a reading, this is who I recommend. You, you want to know who I recommend? Here she is. Jenna, you're amazing. Um, you can visit her online at jennamatlin.com. The link's below. And also get this book. If you want to learn from someone, again, who's the real deal, who's walking the walk, talking the talk, here she is. Highly, highly recommended. I wish you joy, peace, happiness, continued prosperity and success in everything that you're doing. And it was great to see you again. And we will definitely have you back. 
Yay. Thank you. And bye everybody. Nice. Thanks for listening and hanging out with us. Absolutely. It was so much fun. So friends, check it out. Check Jenna's materials out. And I will see you on the next episode of Healing Arts. Hey friends, would you like to heal your ancestors to heal your life? Well, you can do just that with my book by the same name that will teach you my genealogical regression process so that you can send love and light to your ancestors. And by learning a few simple techniques, you will begin to feel the benefits of that healing resonating through yourself and your entire family, past, present, and future. Check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression, today. Just go to pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and check it out. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady.